Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's good, New York Giant fans? Patricia Trainer here with you on the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Happy to have you here. I'm just back as I record this. I'm just back from the New York Giants Fan Fest. So on today's show, I'm going to give you some observations, some takeaways. We're also going to talk a little bit about the New York Giants depth chart. That's right. The team released an unofficial depth chart and not a whole lot of surprises on it, but some things that I think are worth pointing out. So we're going to talk about all that on today's Locked on Giants podcast. All right, let's kick it off with observations from FanFest. Now, roughly, I would say about 29,000 people, maybe just a hair under, I think, is what the Giants said was the estimated attendance. So about 29,000 people showed up at MetLife Stadium on Wednesday night for the FanFest. And of course, that is the first and only time the hometown crowd is getting an opportunity to watch the Giants this summer. And I'll tell you what, I've got to start with the crowd. I know in yesterday's show, I talked about the nine things I would be watching for, and I mentioned the crowd, and they did not disappoint. I mean, it was just amazing. Now, for most of the fan fest, I saw it from the press box. Towards the end, around, I want to say the last 20 minutes or so, we went downstairs to watch the rest of the practice from the field and to feel the energy. I'm telling you, folks, I was getting goosebumps from the the cheering, the screaming, you know, the the chants for the Giants, let's go Giants, you know, um, the clapping, just the, the happy faces to see fans back in the stands was just really heartwarming. And uh, I got goosebumps, you know, again, sitting up in the press box, we're kind of insulated in that we don't really hear what goes on down on the field, but getting down on the field and being able to see everything, you know, from the sideline, much, much different atmosphere, much different uh, perspective. And I'm just really, really happy that football stadiums are going to be filled again with fans because last year it, it, you just, you missed it. It was like playing in front of a ghost town and uh, it was great to see the fans back there. And also it was pretty cool how the players were just kind of playing catch with some of the fans. They were throwing T-shirts um, into the stands after the practice was over. They were hamming it up for the fans for photo ops and stuff. So that was really, really cool. And Joe Judge called the energy just absolutely tremendous after the practice and uh, great to see. Let's talk about the practice itself, who stood out, who didn't, and so forth. All right, so it wasn't a traditional scrimmage in that it wasn't necessarily always offense versus defense, like maybe it was last year when the Giants had a true scrimmage. It was more of a a regular training camp practice, what we had seen pretty much all all along, just, you know, the Giants being in pads. So you had seven on seven, you had 11 on 11, you had got, you know, individual drills, um, I'm not going to go into who wasn't there and who who was there. Um, If you want to check that out, that's over on Giants Country in my camp report. What I do want to talk about, though, is I thought Daniel Jones and the offense, for the most part, had a really, really sharp night, especially on 11-on-11 drills. 
The thing with Daniel Jones is he was a lot more comfortable with what he was doing out there. And, you know, most of the drills were inside the red zone. The Giants have really put a big emphasis on the red zone. And um, the thing that I noticed about Daniel Jones is he's always at alert and on, on the ready to move. And by that, I mean, you know, he'll take the snap and, you know, obviously when you're inside the 20, there's less of a, less room for the defense to have to get to the quarterback and less room for the, for really the offense to go. So Daniel, what I've noticed with him is he did a really good job with staying alert on his feet. And then when it, whenever the pressure came at him, just making that decision when to roll out, when to kind of, you know, get out of the pocket and find and buy time. And I don't want to call it Aaron Rodgers like because, you know, there was only one Aaron Rodgers, but in that practice at moments, that's what it kind of reminded me a little bit of just Jones running away from the pressure and, and just waiting for a guy to get open and showing patience as opposed to, you know, trying to rush something and making a mistake. And I don't think I saw Jones make any mistakes, to be honest with you, um, in this practice, certainly not in the 11 on 11. Now, a couple other things, just real quick. Devonta Booker opened up the 11 on 11 practice session with a fumble. And worth noting here is that Booker went through or tried to go through the tackles. And this was with the first team offensive line, which is still missing Shane Lemieux. Okay. Um, I did not like how Devonta Booker ran that ball. I thought he was, he stutter stepped number one and didn't hit that hole quickly enough. The hole closed up. And then when he finally did squirm his way through the hole, he had compromised the ball and that it was now hanging out and wasn't high and tight the way coaches like to coach it. So that was kind of concerning to see Devonta Booker do that. And of course, he was stripped of the ball and the defense recovered it. Um, Corey Clement, who is the other running back in camp, the other primary running back, he's had a really good summer. And I know Booker was signed with the idea that he would maybe be the every down back if Saquon Barkley wasn't ready to go. But I don't see how the Giants can not give Corey Clement his share of snaps. I mean, he has looked good every time he has touched the ball, whether it be as a receiver, whether it be as a runner. Now, I don't think Corey Clement is necessarily a guy who you want to send between the tackles, you know, 10, 12, 15 times a game. But um, I'll tell you what, the Giants are going to have a real tough decision with that running back rotation if Saquon is not ready to go. All right. Now, this next observation, I'm sure you read about it on Twitter. Tight end Evan Ingram, who has had pretty much a, a good camp. Well, what does Evan do? First play, I think, or second play, he takes a pass and he drops it. And of course, the crowd, not missing a beat, was out with the Boo Birds. Um, it's funny, Evan Ingram. You know, you root so hard for him to really turn it around and be be you know decent as a tight end. And to see that, it was like, oh man, Evan, come on. Other people that stood out. In the practice, Sterling Shepard had a fantastic practice. Now, with Kadarius Tony's sideline, which, by the way, it wasn't because of the injury. It was because uh, head coach Joe Judge had said that certain guys were going to get a rest based on their workload over the last few days. So that is um, why Kadarius Tony wasn't really out there. So Sterling Shepard, they had him working from the slot. They had him working from the outside. 
caught everything that came his way. Just really, really looked good in the practice. And he just seems to right now be having, not only is he having a really good camp, but I think right now, if I had to say who's, you know, if you, if you ask me who's Daniel Jones's favorite receiver, I'd say it's Shep because they, the two of them have just really, really clicked. You know, Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton have always had that chemistry, you know, coming in together as rookies. And I just think that, um, you know, Darius Slayton has had kind of a quiet camp. You know, he hasn't had a horrible camp, but he hasn't really jumped up and made any plays that make you say, wow, look at that, you know? So I'm not really sure what his role is going to be or if it's going to change much or whatnot. But, uh, you know, obviously Darius Slayton had a great rookie year. Last year, I know he was banged up, had some trouble, um, you know, just going out there, making catches and connecting with Jones. We'll see what year three brings for him. All right. Another guy who had a really good day at practice was kicker Ryan Santoso. Now, this is kind of interesting. I I know Graham Gano. We all know that Graham Gano is going to be the kicker this year. I've wondered, this thought has crossed my mind, and it's probably not going to happen, but I've got to voice it anyway. Might the Giants be thinking of, replacing Riley Dixon as their punter, who didn't really punt that well last year. I mean, gunner play notwithstanding, Dixon was kind of inconsistent. And then maybe just having Santoso not only be the punter, but also be the, the kickoff guy. This way it takes a little you know stress off of Graham Gano. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, well, the Giants just gave Gano a big contract, so they're probably expecting him to do all the kicking, all the kickoffs, and so on and so forth. And I would say, you know, that's a valid argument. Absolutely. But you just wonder, I mean, Santoso today went seven of eight on his field goal attempts. And I think the only one he missed was from 58. I want to say it was from 58 yards. Yeah. He made a 54 yarder. That was as long as any missed a 58 yarder. And all of his, all of his field goals for what it's worth, all the attempts right down Broadway, plenty of leg. The last one, the one that he missed was wide left, all right? Not that that it was short. I mean, again, plenty of leg. This guy's got a strong leg. And if he doesn't make it on the Giants in some way, shape, or form, just a matter of time before somebody else picks him up because he is just really, every time he's gone out there to kick, he has done a phenomenal job. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up about FanFest, and then we're going to talk about the Giants' unofficial depth chart But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. No matter what you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com offers branding parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices and ships right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write in Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selections, reliably, reliably low prices, all the parts your car and truck will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, you've got Patricia Trainer here from Lockdown Giants. We we're talking observations from the Giants Fan Fest. And by the way, I'm able to talk about all the team stuff since it was obviously open to the public. Uh, we will also be talking about the depth chart, some takeaways on the depth chart, the unofficial depth chart. So that's coming up a little later in the show. All right, we have more observations from the Fan Fest practice. 
Rodarius Williams had himself a night, folks. This kid continues to get first team reps when Adoree Jackson or James Bradbury needs a needs a breather. And he makes the most of him. He's active. He's around the ball. Um, I think he had, I want to say, about seven tackles in the team drills spread out over, you know, multiple team drills. Uh, just really a very um, active type of player. And a guy who, as I've mentioned before, I didn't think was going to really um, maybe make the 53-man roster because of the numbers in front of him. But with Sam Beal's sideline, which I think was related to him getting a blow, um, and with uh, Jaron Williams, who I think has been nursing some kind of injury, he's been sidelined as well. Or Darius Williams is making a case for, for a roster spot and a strong one at that. Another observation I had from the team drills I was watching Mike Glennon, the backup quarterback, and let me put it to you this way. Glennon might have a strong arm, but asking him to operate in the red zone with a pass rush, I'm not really looking forward to that. Glennon, to me, I mean, to watch him move around, first of all, he's not not as athletic as Colt McCoy is, last year's backup, by the way. Um, Glennon does have a strong arm, no question about it, but in shorter distances, you know, the red zone, which is again, where the giants did a lot of their work, Glennon just, when the pressure was coming at him to watch him roll out of the pocket and just try to throw on the move. And, and he, he wasn't setting his feet. He, he just, he was kind of all over the place. The body control was just all over the place. And he, his accuracy suffered as a result of it. You know, he was throwing behind receivers. He was throwing short of receivers, just not very good showing for Mike Glennon. And um, obviously, you know, he's the backup for a reason, but uh, I'll tell you what, I, I think I would be a little concerned if he had to go in there. I think he would be fine in outside of the twenties, but in the red zone, I don't know. All right. A couple of other observations to defense. Now I was kind of a little disappointed. I was hoping maybe the defense might test the offensive line a little bit with some stunts and twists, nothing, you know, ultra sophisticated, but, you know, we we all know last year, the offensive line struggled with picking up twists and stunts. And I was really curious to see the communication against those types of plays. So we really didn't see that, you know, obviously in this type of practice in this type of environment, the giants coaches just tried to keep everything as vanilla as possible. So, you know, not a whole lot with the defense. I did see a few things, you know, with with uh, corners coming down a little bit on the line, um, you know, some some outside edge blitzes, stuff like that. And by my count, and granted, my count is unofficial. I think I counted three sacks, not true sacks, but what would have been sacks. I don't know if the Giants graded it as sacks, but I think they would have been sacks. So, the defense had them had themselves a pretty good showing as well. They were, you know, against the run. I think they were very good. You know, they were plugging holes. They were, you know, clogging up lanes in the in the uh, in between the tackles, forcing the running backs to go to the outside. So, I thought overall the defense, especially the first team defense, looked sharp. Um, the second team defense had its moments um, and. It also had its uh, its its hiccups, if you will. Um, in terms of guys who stood out, Leonard Williams, I thought had a good practice. 
I thought BJ Hill had a good practice. Uh, Blake Martinez had a good practice. Um, I'm trying to think from the second. Jabril Peppers was all over the place. He had a really good practice. Uh, Peppers, by the way, had a lead practice early because uh, I think he needed to go in and get fluids. It was kind of a hot, muggy night um, for the practice. And, you know, actually, Joe Judge cut it short because thunderstorms came into the area with lightning and everything. So the Giants did cut it short for everybody's safety. So, yeah, overall, I mean, I'm excited by what I saw. I, I think, you know, the Giants, they still have a lot of work to do. I'm not saying that they're game ready right now. And Saturday's game against the Jets is going to be more or less a, um, like a preseason four game. Joe Judge said he wants to see a lot of the young guys, give them the, a full opportunity to get out there and show what they have to do. So I don't know how much we're going to really tell from the first preseason game, which by the way, I'll preview on tomorrow's show. But um, I would say overall, the fan fest activity was pretty cool. It was it was just great seeing fans back in the stands. Um, enough highlights to make you say, okay, yeah, this team is potentially going in the right direction. And, you know, I didn't talk about special teams, obviously. I, I know that was on my list of things I was going to watch. I did watch that. Um, John Ross was not on the field. He, as I will talk about in the next segment about the the unofficial depth chart, uh, he he's looks like he's going to be the kickoff returner. Jabril Peppers, uh, Kadarius Tony, they look like they're going to be the punt returner. So some of the things on my list yesterday that I talked about didn't really get a chance to really see as much as we would have liked to have seen. But uh, nonetheless, they were important things. And they're things that we can certainly look at when we get into the preseason games. All right, Giant fans, coming up, we are going to talk about the unofficial depth chart. Not a whole lot of surprises, but a couple. And then we're going to talk about just kind of the bottom of the depth charts because that's where the story is. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, you have Patricia Trader here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Just finished talking about some of the highlights from the Fan Fest practice. Now we're going to turn our attention over to the unofficial depth chart that the Giants released before the practice. Now, just to clarify something, the unofficial depth chart is put together not by the coaching staff. It is put together by the Giants PR staff, and it is based on how the practices go based on who might be taking first team reps, who might be you know taking second team reps, or in some cases cases where you see clusters of players, they just don't know how those guys actually shake out. And I know in the past, you know, head coach Joe Judge has said, you know, they don't really have a depth chart, and and in essence, they don't because you know you could see a guy who starts. Um, in one game, and then suddenly they go in a totally different direction. That guy doesn't get as many snaps as, say, maybe the sub players do and the, the sub packages. So, starter is kind of a misnomer in football, but nonetheless, you've got to have a depth chart, and the Giants have one. So, let's talk a little bit about it. And first, let's talk about really the only surprising thing on this depth chart, as far as I'm concerned, at any rate. All right, so the, the one thing that kind of caught my eye about the depth chart 
was on the defensive side of the ball where the Giants have at outside one of the outside linebacker positions. They have O'Shane Zimenez listed ahead of Aziz Ojulari. Now, why is this surprising? Well, because Zimenez was just activated off of the pup list Monday. Ojulari has been in there basically since the beginning. Now, he has had a, a leg issue that he's been dealing with, but it's not thought to be serious. It's just, you know, they're resting him as a precautionary. But I just thought that was kind of odd that, you know, Zimenez was listed ahead of Ojulari. And that just could be because, you know, at this point, Zimenez is, is a veteran and Ojulari is a rookie. But I would expect that to change before too long. I mean, Ojulari, I can't imagine any scenario where he would not jump ahead of the pack at that other outside linebacker position. Uh, and speaking of the other one, just real quick, Lorenzo Carter is listed as a starter, followed by Trent Harris, um, Ifedi Odenabo, and Cam Brown. And then on the weak side, you have Zimenez, Ojolari, Nico Lalos, and Ellerson Smith. Ellerson Smith dealing with a hamstring strain, still hasn't quite um, gotten over that. Although he did participate a little bit in the stretch activities at the start of the fan fest, but he didn't do anything thereafter. So, all right, now let's talk about the bottom of the depth chart because that's where it's really interesting. So wide receiver, let's start there. That room is absolutely packed with guys. And there's going to be some tough decisions that need to be made. So the Giants have, um, let me just read for you the the lineup. So at the X receiver, they list Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton as the second teamer, David Sills, the fifth, who's had a really, really good camp. He's listed third. And then for the fourth string, they have a combination of CJ Board, Austin Mack, and Damian Willis. Of those, I would be shocked if CJ Board isn't in the lead for uh, for a position. You know, David Sills and CJ Board have really had strong summers. The thing we need to see, though, with the two of those guys, obviously, is special teams. Now, David Sills hasn't had, I don't think, a whole lot with special teams. Of course, last year he missed uh, the season because, you know, last year he missed the season with the broken foot. So that's going to be a big thing for him if he can play and deliver on special teams. C.J. Board as a gunner, I mean, I'd be stunned if C.J. Board doesn't make the roster. He's had a, quietly had a good camp, both as a receiver and on special teams. So I think C.J. Board will somehow uh, make this roster. I'd be so shocked if he doesn't. At the other receiver position, we have Sterling Shepard listed at first. John Ross, second, Kadarius Tony, and then a combination of Dante Pettis, Alec Backman, and Matt Cole. I don't know if any of those three are going to make the roster right now. I think if you put me on the spot and said, do a 53-man roster projection right now, I'd probably say those three are not going to be on my 53. Tony, at some point, is going to jump ahead of John Ross. I think John Ross is going to be you know, a guy that you see not limited, but he's. They're going to pick and choose when they they deploy him, and I think John Ross is the guy they want for their one of their return specialists. Matter of fact, let me just check real quick. Yeah, they list John Ross as the first team kickoff returner, followed by Jabril Peppers, Kadarius Tony, and Dante Pettis. All right, so that's at receiver. Now at running back, Saquon Barkley. We all know he's going to be the the man. 
And I mentioned before in the um, in the observations from the fan fest, Devonta Booker is listed as the backup. I don't think he's been having as good of a camp as Corey Clement. Will that change? I don't know. Will they have specific roles for those guys? Possibly. I know they did that last year with Alfred Morris and Wayne Gallman and and uh, before he got injured, Devonta Freeman. So certainly possible that they're going to break up the roles for those guys. But uh, anyway, the fourth listing is Morris, Brightwell, and Platzcummer. I think Platzcummer, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have a roster exemption for him since he's part of that international pathway program. Brightwell, the rookie special teamer, and you know he didn't practice tonight. I don't know if it was workload management or something's going on, but Brightwell really hasn't jumped out at running back so far. So I think he might be destined for the practice squad. And then of course, Alfred Morris, they just re-signed him to provide some depth and we'll see how he fits in because last year he was really their best third down blocker um, amongst the running backs. So there might just be a role for him there. All right. Moving over to the defense, where do we have a cluster here? Cornerback. Yes. We've got to talk cornerback, which is, which has a little bit of a cluster here. All right. So on the left side, James Bradbury, obviously your starter, followed by Isaac Yadam and Madre Harper. Madre Harper, I think, is going to make this roster based on special teams alone. I don't see him not making this roster. Then you have Sam Beal and Aaron Robinson. Aaron Robinson will make the team, but you know he's still on pup, recovering from a core muscle injury. He's falling behind at this point, so I'm not sure how much they're going to actually get out of him. I don't think they're going to run the risk of exposing him on the practice squad where somebody could maybe potentially poach him. Um, The other thing, let's see, Sam Beal, I mentioned, I don't think he's going to make the roster. Um, Kid's got talent, but he's just missed so much time. And the Giants have kind of moved on. You know, if you think about it, bringing in Adore Jackson, Darnay Holmes, Robinson, I, I just don't see Sam Beal making this roster. On the other side, you've got Adoree Jackson, Darnay Holmes, Rodarius Williams, Jaron Williams. Jaron Williams has been sidelined with some kind of injury, so he's kind of in, in jeopardy. And then don't forget, you have a bunch of guys who are listed as safety who could play corner. You know, Julian Love can play corner. Um, Logan Ryan can play corner. So, you know, the, the Giants have options there, and I think that's that's really going to be a tight decision. You know, that cornerback, receiver, and maybe the bottom of running back. Those are the three areas where the bottom of the depth chart is really going to be tough to sort out. I would not want to be the coaches and trying to sort that stuff out. And that's what the preseason games are going to help them decide as far as who's going to get sorted out and who isn't. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Listen, I want to thank everybody who has subscribed to the channel. I think I mentioned that if I get a thousand subscribers, I get a lollipop from the Locked On folks. So please tell Giant fans, spread the word about the channel. Make sure you put your comments below. I'm happy to to read them and answer them as I get them. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not already doing so and click that little bell so that you get notifications when we put new videos and new updates here on the channel. Tomorrow, we'll be back with an all-new show. It is the last show before the Giants open up their preseason schedule against the New York Jets. So 
We'll talk a little bit about that and anything else that pops up here in the land of the giants. So until then, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And I will talk to you again tomorrow.